thank you, Michal. We could just uh, drop the source sheet into the chat. Um, so wants to follow along. I'll have the I'll have the page. Thank you very much. There it is. Perfect. Okay, everybody. So tonight, Tilim Kulchav Zayin. Uh, and uh, tomorrow night will be Kuchav Ches. These two uh, Tehillim go together according to the Malbim, although not all of the Rishonim read it that way, not all of the Achronim read it that way, but that's how we'll, uh, that's how we'll look at it tonight, Kuchav Zayin, uh, which you'll see uh, makes good sense for us to be studying right now. And then uh, Kuchav Ches will follow, will follow tomorrow night. So everybody ready? Let's just let's get straight to it. All right, as, as usual, we'll read the Tehillim, we'll loosely translate, we'll move into the words of the Rishonim and Achronim. And uh, hopefully add greater understanding, greater depth to our tefillas, and then we'll say the tilim at the end. So uh, let's let's do this then. Or maybe not. I said Maybe not, because you see the first three words of the tilim are shiramalo lishlomo. So I'll show you in one second. They're shonim and and they debate exactly what that means. But the song of ascent, like we've already seen shiramal, we've discussed already um, a number of times already uh, in the past uh, few weeks. But Shirmat Lishlomo. Imadunoi lo yivne bayit, sham of lubonav bo, imadunoi lo yishmor ir, shav shakat shomer. If God does not build a house, so in vain do the builders of the house toil. If God does not guard a city, in vain do the, uh, do the does the shomer, does the watchman, um, you know, uh, stand his uh, stand his post and uh, guard and uh, and watch and watch the city. You know, so many of our uh, so many of our community members, you know, added a shmirah here, right? No, we added a resident shmirah. Um, uh, in addition to uh, our soldiers who are standing uh, standing watch, and now we have uh, you know more more residents who are who are standing who are standing watch. No, everyone sees everyone driving around. No, Shabbos weekday and uh, so okay, it's just needed, and that's what's uh, and that's and that's and that's what's necessary. I uh, I just like reflection of our times, and I said this is so unnecessary for everybody to know, but maybe other people are feeling like me, and so. Maybe it's helpful to to talk about these things. I'm not sure. I don't know. But um, but uh, Malki and I were just uh, talking uh, this past week about uh, if we were going to apply to get the firearms. I know that some of you do have firearms. And uh, what was that? Yeah. Okay. I know. I know that some of you do. And uh, oh, I'm sorry. I can't pick that up right now. I apologize. Um, but um, but okay. You know, it used to be that the law was that you had to be living here for three years to uh, to apply. We've been living here for now just a little more than one year. Uh, that's uh, that's all, and so it wasn't really a conversation that we had. It wasn't something that we really that we really discussed. Although we did discuss it, but not really like really discuss it because it wasn't like practical. And now they change it all, and it's like practical. And like you know, like we could we could actually we could actually do it. And we were talking about it this week, and I, and I like I don't know, I, you guys don't know me so well, it's like whatever. But like I, I've never held I've never held a gun. I've never held one in my life. I've never I've never held. One. I lived in Memphis for eight years, you know, um, you know, and uh, I used to. I used to say a, a, um, a year for women um, uh, at uh, the Young Israel of Memphis. If anybody's listening, huge shout out. Right? I used to say a year for women at the Young Israel of Memphis on Wednesday morning. And depending on your politics, your worldview, it was either the safest or the most dangerous place I went all week. Right. You know, uh, it was very popular in uh, in Memphis. You know, uh, you know, like people, um, you, know, you know, I don't know anymore. I don't know if people like uh, subscribe to magazines. Is that like a thing anymore? People do that. I don't know. People read everything online. Does anybody get like actual magazine subscriptions anymore? I don't know. I'm sure it's still a thing. What, what was that? For Shabbat, you need stuff like that. So it was very popular in Memphis, a magazine called Gun and Garden. That was very popular. That was a, that was a thing. People had it on their coffee tables. You know, it was like it was like a thing. Okay, fine. So we lived down there in the South, you know, for uh, for for a long time, almost a decade. And um, and and you know we never even thought about it. Wasn't even, and if you look at the crime rates, by the way, Memphis is a bad city to live in. You know, um, if you just judge by the crime numbers. Thank God where we lived was uh, was more or less, you know, uh, pretty pretty safe. But uh, but we paid for private security in our area. They used to drive around like you know like we have here. But it wasn't we wasn't residents and whatever. We they paid somebody used to used to do it. We never even considered you know uh, whether or not we were we were we were going to. And now it's like it's like wild. So like in my mind it's. It's wild. It seems like it's something we're going to do. It's wild. No, I don't know. I was listening to Rasha Weiss this week. Um, I don't know if anybody else uh, heard him. You heard him say this. Um, so I was listening to Rasha Weiss this week, and he said that uh, he thinks it's very unfortunate. It's not the word he used. I believe the word he used is this, to his dismay. I think that's how he said it. But um, but he thinks that it's uh, it's very unfortunate that there are so few um, uh, there are so few members of his shul that carry firearms, and he wishes it was more. And uh, he wishes they carry them on Shabbos, and wishes they, you know, uh, carry them all the time responsibly, of course. But, um, but uh, you know, so many of us 
are becoming these uh, shomrim. You know, so many of us are uh, becoming these uh, these watchmen. But in any event, uh, you know, David Amelach Shlomo Amelach, we'll see in a second who actually wrote this paragraph of Tehillim, right? He writes, uh, in, if God does not build the city, so then um, in vain do the workers work to build the city. And if God is not uh, watching the city, so then uh, in vain are the watchmen standing their posts. If God is not standing, if God is not, uh, if God is not with them. You know what's almost like? Reminds me, I won't get, we won't get to any of this, but um, we're going to get all of it. But uh, reminds me, do you remember um, after the Miraglim, when um, Moshe tells the Jews, we're going to have to wander, we're going to be here, it's going to be 40 years, we're going to be out in the desert. And then the next day, there was a bunch of Jews, and they woke up in the morning, and they said, this was terrible that we did this. This is all our mistake. Let's let's go to Eretz Yisrael. We're ready now. We messed it up. It was terrible. It was again now, and now we're ready. Don't you remember those guys it's called the Mapilim, right? And uh, and Moshe Rabbeinu tells them, "Don't do it." How come don't do it? Moshe said, "Don't do it for this exact reason." Moshe says, "God is not with you right now. This is not going to work. It's not going to work." And they they didn't listen to Moshe Rabbeinu, and they tried to come into Eretz Yisrael anyway. Against Moshe's advice, trying to to you know uh, skip God's uh, God's punishment for the sin of the Miraglim, and they get beaten back by the Kanani, by the Amaleki, who are uh, who are in uh, who are in the land of Israel. They get beaten back, and uh, so so that's that's really what what David Shlomo will see in a second is is writing here, right? If if God is not going to build the city, Shavam Lubonavo. So uh, so so the people building the city are are building in vain. God is not going to watch the city, and God is not God is not going to guard the city. So then, the watchman is uh, he's not he's not wasting his time, but he could stand there, you know, as long as he wants and try to watch. But shove shakat shomer. His uh, his uh, his watch is uh, is ultimately going to be is ultimately going to be in vain, right? Shove lachem. We're still reading and loosely translating, right? Shove Right? Uh, it is shove. It's, it's uh, vain. Right? It's it's uh, it's worthless. For you, mashkimekum, those who get up early, me'achereshevis, those who uh, go to sleep late. Anybody here get up early and go to sleep late? Maybe some of us get up early and go to sleep late, right? Oh. Not a good one. Go to sleep early, wake up early, right? You know, that's that's. How did Ben Franklin say it? When was it? Early to bed and early to rise, isn't that the? That's well, yeah, right. That's Ben Franklin, right? I think so. Something like that. Whatever. Somebody once upon a time said something like that, right? You know, right? Okay, fine. But but shavlachemashkimekumeyachareshevis. It's worthless to to get up early, to go to sleep late. Ochle lechem atzavim. Everybody's just eating the same sad bread. But to God's beloved, lidido you did to God's beloved to his friends, yitain shena. He gives sleep. Kine, behold, the inheritance of God is children, and the reward is the fruit of the of the womb, of the belly, like arrows in the hands of a mighty warrior, urim, so are the the Bineanurim, the children of our youth. Praiseworthy is the man who fills his quiver. Ashba here means quiver. It took me a second. I was like, Garbage, trash, what? Right? No, it means quiver, right? The, the the quiver is the thing you put the arrows into for um, you know, um so all those who aren't archery experts. Ashriya Giver Shemile praiseworthy is he who uh, who is the man who can fill his quiver with them. Lo Yevoshu, they will not be embarrassed. Kiyadabru es oyevim bashar, they will be able to speak to their enemies in the gate. Um, I'm not sure if it's so simple to just, you know, write topic sentences. Paragraph of Dylan, there's a few different things in here that seem to be um, a little bit jumbled. But if I if I had to try, right, um, what the what the paragraph of Dylan is summarizing is that um, ultimately our efforts are successful um, when God is on our side. When God is uh, is watching our city. When God is building our city. When God is uh, with us as we raise our children. Um, all all uh, all successful. When we are when we are with God and uh, all shav, all um, in vain. When when we are not. Yep. Good. Let's get to the words of the Rishonim and Achronim, and hopefully we'll. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like that's the part of the You know what? Well, let's go for the first number. We have this in our tefillah. Where? I don't know where. It is. 
I don't know. I'm not sure. It could very well be. I don't know. I don't know. I, don't know. Um, I think that um, there are some customs um, who sing this um, Tehillim at a wedding. I think that the the Breuer's custom, the Yekish custom, is to to sing these this paragraph of Tehillim um, at the chuppah. Um, I'm pretty sure. I'm not 100% positive, but like 98% positive that uh, that that's their that that's their custom. But I don't know if he's specifically in our regular liturgy somewhere. I'm not sure. I don't know. Could be that they are. I'm not sure. Anybody? No. All right. I'm not sure. Good. So let's get to the psukim. Now we noted when we first started that Shir Shlomo is a little bit interesting, right? We haven't seen that one just yet. So what does it mean Shir Shlomo? So if you look in the Radak, this is great. The, all three of these are great. The Radak says Vinem Mar Al Binyan Habayis. That who's who's writing the paragraph of Tehillim? Shechash of David Livnoso. David Amelech is writing the paragraph of Tehillim. Is everybody ready for this? This is this is great. And what's he writing the paragraph of Tehillim about? The Beit Hamikdash. Im Adonai Lo Yivne Bayis Shavam Lubonavbo. Right? What's the bias? What is the house? It's not just a generic house that if God doesn't build a house, then the house is being built in vain. No, he's talking about the Beit Hamikdash. Now David Amelech did not build the Beit Hamikdash, which is why this paragraph of Tehillim is Shira Malot with Shlomo. It's a future-looking, future-oriented tefillah. But look what the Radak writes. It's great. David Amelech, the Asaf Kesef Izahav in he collected money to build the Beit HaMikdash. He made preparations. He wanted to build the Beit HaMikdash. Velo also the other. But he, he, he didn't get to build the Beit HaMikdash. Velo also the other. Shkira, so sorry. His desire and his work did not come to fruition. He tried. He wanted to. He amassed, you know, money for it. He raised money for it and materials for it, but he didn't get to build it. And Dovah learned from this. He learned something about life. You know what he learned about life? You don't always get what you want. Sometimes it doesn't work out that way. You don't always get what you want. You know something, an amazing example of this, by the way? Amazing. In this past week's parsha, I love this Ibn Ezra. Not everybody loves this Ibn Ezra. I know that because I shared it with somebody on Shabbos who told me that they did not love this Ibn Ezra. But I love this Ibn Ezra. Just saying. I love this Ibn Ezra. Right? But we were learning on Shabbos about the Migdal Bagel. Right? You know, one of my children asked me, you know, what did they do wrong? Saying like, you read the Psukim by the Migdal Bagel, right? They built the city. They built the tower. Okay, I said Nasila Mushain. They wanted to be famous. You know, I, I, it doesn't seem so terrible when you read the Psukim about the Migdal Babel. And so all of the Rishon Mass's question, they say different things, right? You know, they, they all give different answers. But the Ibn Ezra, he writes something so amazing. The Ibn Ezra says, you know what they wanted? They wanted everybody to stay together. They want everybody to spread out, right? They wanted everybody to just live together, you know, in one city. Big tower, it'll unite us, we'll all be together, everybody will live right here, nobody will go explore, nobody will spread out, nobody will see different parts of the world, just everybody just stay right here. That's what they wanted. That's what Ibn Ezra thinks. That's what they that's what they wanted. Sounds okay? Yeah. So, so what's the problem? Okay, that's not what God wanted, right? God wanted everybody to spread out, want the people over the world, to see different parts of the world, he wants people to have different ideas, not everybody should think exactly the same thing. Okay, whatever. And then Ibn Ezra writes, Are you ready for this? This is great. The Ibn Ezra writes. That they had this whole plan, they wanted everybody to stay together. The Hashem lo yatzkein, the Haim lo yadu. That's what the Ibn Ezra said. It means that that was not God's plan. What they wanted was not God's plan, and they didn't know that. It means according to Ibn Ezra, what did the people in the tower do wrong? Nothing. Nothing. So why does God spread them out? It's not a punishment. God is not punishing them. Maybe it was inconvenient for them. I'll give you that, right? But that was God's plan. God wanted people to spread out. They decided to do this, so God had some other reaction. Spread them out. Could have done something else. I don't know what he could have done. Could have been a big earthquake and could have split the world. And it was like, whatever. I think you know, there's theories like that. No, whatever, you know. Right? I was like, I don't know, whatever it is. Right? But but even if things went wrong, Hashem lo yats came. That was not God's plan. Okay. Sometimes things happen because other things have to happen afterwards, and that's how it has to play out. And I don't see that whole picture, and so I don't know. So in my moment right now, it feels really terrible. That doesn't mean that I did something really terrible. Is everybody with me? It doesn't mean that I did something really bad. 
It means that something else has to happen. I don't know what it is, and I need to get there. And so I need to go through this so that I can get over there. Right now, the other Rishonim don't read like that. The other Rishonim try to tell you why they did something wrong. What did the Migdal do? It'd be nice if they didn't do anything wrong. This wasn't this wasn't planned. David Amalek over here. No, David Amalek, you learned a lesson. What are you learning? You don't get to build the Beit Hamikdash because you killed people. Does that make David a bad person? No. David Amalek was defender of the Jewish people. David Amalek chased out our enemies. He defended the Jews. God said, "Okay, you know what? To build my Beit Hamikdash, I want different hands on it." Okay, fine. He didn't do anything wrong, David Amalek. He did the right thing, David Amalek. Right? And that's what he was supposed to do. David Anach realized over here, right? I wanted to build the Beit Mikdash. I amassed money. I raised money. I had this big plan. Didn't work out that way. Didn't work out that way. That's not what God wants to happen. Not going to happen. We have a lot of plans, a lot of things, and the way that God wants it to work out, that's how it's going to be in the end. That's how we get there, I don't know. Different ways that we can get there, different different avenues that are available to us, and that might happen depending on the actions that we do and the actions of other people. And then, but uh, that's how it is. He's trying to call me. I'm really sorry. All right, Omar. Right, David Amelech says, "In Hashem bias." I just picked up right after the ellipses. David Amelech says, "If God doesn't build a house, shavu lubonavo." Then the, the builders work in vain. Yomar al inyan beit hamikdash. He amal David livnoso because David Amalek wanted to build it. Bekevan shelo ratsa akel yisparach sheivnu. And since God did not want David Amalek to build it, lobonoso, he didn't get to build it. That's just, that's how it is. Uperosh bonav amesaskim bebinyan. And then we have to read if this is true when he says im Hashem lo yivne bias shav amlu bonavbo doesn't necessarily mean the actual builders, because David Amalek wasn't there to see the actual builders. It means those who are trying to build it. However, the one who does get to build the house in the will of God, who Shlomo Bani, that's Shlomo, my son. That building will not be for nothing. That building will not be in vain. My efforts to build the Beit HaMikdash will not come to fruition. Why? Because it's not what God wants. But Shira Malos Shlomo. I can sing a song of ascent for Shlomo Amelech, which goes like this. If my efforts to build a Beit HaMikdash did not come to fruition, but my son's efforts to build a Beit HaMikdash, they will come to fruition. If you think now for one second towards the end of the Perak of Tehillim, that we'll get to in a little bit, do you remember what the end of the Perak of Tehillim talks about? It talks about children. you remember that? It talks about children being like arrows in the hands of the of the mighty. What happens when when you shoot an arrow? We'll get to this later, but let's just we'll close the circle and we'll make sure that we can keep it in our minds according to this interpretation. What happens when you when you shoot an arrow? The arrow goes all the way over there. I don't know however far it travels and it it strikes whatever it strikes. Who struck that arrow? Who struck that arrow? Who struck that target? Whatever it is. The arrow. The arrow. See, I'm amazing that you said that. Thank you so much for saying that. I appreciate that. The arrow struck that target, right? But who struck that target? The person who shot it, the Gibor. That's what Dovin Amalek writes about his children. Those who have merit, those who have merit, have children who act as their arrows. What does that mean? They strike the target. But I get to strike the target too. I'm standing all the way over here. The target's all the way over there. How can I get there? I can't get there. But I have arrows. Arrows. When we have merit, when we have merit. We have arrows. No pressure. When we have merit, we have arrows. Arrows that continue and arrows that strike that target over there. David Amelov sings this song according to the Radak, and it goes like this. Shira Malos Shlomo. I'm singing a song to Shlomo. What is the song? All of my effort to build a Beit HaMikdash, it didn't work out. But Shlomo Amelov, Shlomo Amelov, you're going to be like my arrow and he'll strike that target all the way over there. He'll strike that target. I'll finish it for you. Why not? We'll see it later. But we should only be so lucky to have such arrows in our quiver. Such arrows in our quiver. We won't be embarrassed. Why would we be embarrassed? We might be embarrassed. You know why I might be embarrassed? Because David Melech talked big game about building the Beit HaMikdash. David Melech said, it's not right. I'm going to sit in this palace. Akadosh Baruch Hu doesn't have anything. And at the end of David Melech's life, what did he have? What did he have? He had no Beit HaMikdash. And people might talk trash about David Melech. There's a big talker over here. He's going to build a bit of McDash. He didn't do anything. He might be a Moshu. Might be embarrassed. But he, says, he, did. he even took the money. Oh, it's even worse, right? Could you imagine what people would have said? Took money from us and he didn't build a building. 
feel like I've heard that story before. No, I've read that. No, I've heard that one. Yeah, right. Lo yevoshu. I won't be embarrassed. Why? Because my son, because Shlomo will speak back to my enemies at the gate. What does that mean? See, look at this. My father built this building. I built this building. My father, but this was his building. It was David Amel's building. Yeah, a song, David Amel. We were talking last week. Um, what was it? We were talking about was it? Ayin Zayin, Ayin Beis. What is it? Well, it was the last Yeah. Ayin Beis. Right. So, uh, so we remember we were talking to him Ayin Beis. David Amel says, "Listen, it's going to be any trouble. It's going to be any difficulties. I'll take that. Right? Put that. Put that on me. Right. Mishpatecha la Ben. Mishpatecha la Right. It's a kaskel la Ben Melech. There's any any righteousness you give that to Shlomo. That's David Amelach. That's David Amelach's tefillah. And here we have another tefillah of David Amelach about Shlomo. And here the tefillah of David Amelach says about Shlomo Amelach is, is that it's ultimately God's plan. We do the best that we can. Absolutely the best that we can. Didn't work out for me. But I hope for Shlomo Amelach that he'll pick it up where I left it off. I hope he'll pick it up. He'll be that arrow who carries me forward and strikes the dart. David Amelach knew that it would. And it's good that he knew that it would. Good for him. You know, whatever. But that's, but that's the tefillah. Tilin Kuk of Zion. According to the according to the Radak. We'll see. I know I skipped ahead. It's not usually our style, but but we'll we'll come back to it. Yeah, my question. It also resonates what you said two weeks ago about Moshe Rabbeinu and Eretz Yisrael. Like I won't get in, but my children will. Oh, from the Russia like, I'll give it to my children. I'll give it to them. I'll give it to them. You're right. It's the same idea. The very similar kind of 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 tefillah. Yeah, very, very good. Good. That's the Radak. Rashi understood very, very differently. And it's so interesting to look at these two interpretations together. Are you ready? Rashi says, Lishlomo. Shir ze Omar David al Shlomo Benal Shetzafa Beruach Hakodesh that David Melech said this tefillah about Shlomo because what did David see in his Ruach Hakodesh? Sheasid libnot Beit Hamikdash ubo bayom Yisa Shlomo et Bat Paro that on the day that Shlomo Melech would build the Beit Hamikdash he would marry Bat Paro. The al ze Nemar ki al Avi the al Chamati Yisali Ha'irazos limen Ayom Asher Banuosa lekach Amar Amizmor Azeh. Does everybody see what happened here? David Melech saw that on the same day that Shlomo Melech did something great, he stumbled and married Bat Paro. And so David says, what are you doing? You build a bit of Mikdash only to turn away from God? David Melech is saying this tefillah for his son, for Shlomo. He's saying, Shlomo, don't you understand? Shira ma'alot Shlomo. I have a tefillah for Shlomo. Shlomo, I hope that you'll open your eyes and that you'll see. Don't you understand that? That just because you build a Beit HaMikdash doesn't mean that you could do whatever you want. If you don't fill the Beit HaMikdash with complete subservience, dedication, fidelity to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, then you're wasting your time with the construction and the building. If God is not going to be by our backs and at our sides, then all of our watchmen are going to be wasting in their watch. It's all vanity. So does everyone see how this is so drastically different than the Radak? It's so drastic, right? Right. The Radak thinks that David Melch is writing this beautiful tefillah about how Shlomo is going to carry his mission, right? And that how David's plans were foiled but Shlomo will be able to pick them up. And Rashi thinks that David Melech is looking forward to Shlomo and he's crying. He's crying. And he's seeing how Shlomo's plans are going to be foiled. That from the very beginning of the Beit HaMikdash, he's going to place this stumbling block of falling away from HaKadosh Baruch Hu or veering from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, even while we have the Beit HaMikdash standing. And will cause us to move astray and cause God to leave the very house that we just built for him. It's totally different kind of tefillah, according to Rashi and according to the Radak. Rabbi Hirsch gives us the third, the third possibility, and that is, it is significant that the superscription of this psalm gives Solomon as the author, which means that Rabbi Hirsch believes, what does it mean, Shira Malos Shlomo? It's not that David Amelech is saying the tefillah for Shlomo, but Shlomo Amelech wrote the tefillah. This is the tefillah Shlomo Amelech. And I'll go Rabbi Hirsch. For this teaches that even in days of prosperity, the Shlomo Amelech when Shlomo Melech was the king, it was it was good to be part of the Jewish people. The Gemara goes so far as to say that they didn't accept converts in the day of Shlomo Melech. You know why they didn't accept converts in the day of Shlomo Melech? Because everybody wanted to be Jewish. It was so good for the Jews in the days of Shlomo Melech. Shlomo Melech was 
was wealthy and we were sovereign and and we we didn't have enemies who were threatening us and we had alliances and and uh, and Shlomo was respected as this uh, grand you know uh, wise ruler and king and everything was amazing. These so everybody wanted to be Jewish. The rabbis had to say, "Oh." <laughs> They didn't accept converts in the days of Shalom Melech. That's what the Gemara says. Everybody wanted to be Jewish. And yet, and yet, Rabbi Hirsch writes that, that, that this is what's important, that even in days of prosperity, trust in the Lord still has ever been the best preventative for worry. And even in times of growth and prosperity, that house which is not built with the help of the Lord waits in vain for the crowd of completion and success. This is very difficult to keep in mind sometimes when things are amazing and when things are good to remember. That we have to stick with Akharish Baruch Hu. And that's what the Torah says, by Yishman Yishurun Vayivas. That what happens when we get fat, right? Then we we kick off God. He's got this. Everything is amazing. Everything is good. Sometimes it's easier to call out to God when things are difficult. When things are well, we forget about Akharish Baruch Hu. And so here, this whole the whole essence of this paragraph of Dalit is that we can't have any success without Akharish Baruch Hu. And what Rabbi Hirsch is saying is that this is Shalom Melech song. Shalom Melech lived with great prosperity. Shalom Melech said, we're building grand houses. Big cities, expanding Yerushalayim, building the Beit HaMikdash. But I want to tell everybody something. I want to tell you something. Shalom Elif says to everybody, we'll build this grand house, this grand capital. But if God is not with us, it's all vain. It's all for not. We need a Kodesh Baruch Hu to be by our side. We need to be with a Kodesh Baruch Hu. So that God will stand by our side and that our buildings will stand. Our buildings will, will be safe and our buildings will be secure. So three different interpretations about what the essence of this, what the essence of this tefillah is. A tefillah of celebration for the future, a tefillah of, of fleeing, crying, looking towards the future, or a tefillah from prosperity and from strength to stay with HaKadosh Baruch Hu even in good times so that God will stand with us and that our progress Will will continue and will be and will be enduring, right? Three different perspectives on what what this tefillah is really is really all about. Good. Now you'll notice in that first pasuk that we've said a lot of times already, and I I wasn't count, I didn't lose count, I just wasn't counting, right? There's two examples of what seem to be the same thing. Yeah, If God is not with the builders, then they're wasting the time on the building. And if God is not with the, the guarders of the city, then their watch is in vain. It, that seems to be two things that are saying the same things. Everybody everybody understand that? Yes? So obviously Malbim asks, what's the difference between the two? Right? And Malbim answers, I'll, I'll just I'll just tell you the answer. It's, it, it's okay. Right? But it's right there. You can see it. It's a, you have the Malbim there on the page. The Malbim says that I might have thought there's a difference between these two things. Why? Because when I'm building a city, I'm building something new. I don't have it here. Meeting one day, we'll build a time, right? We'll see it right out there. The more the Odazai, what's coming next? I don't even know, right? But but something is supposed to come next, yes? So we'll see the building. Some of y'all were here when they built the Tamar and the Dagans before my time. Some of y'all were here. You saw it, yes? Was anybody here when they built the Zayat? In theory, I mean, what? You were here when they building the Zayat. Okay. You, were you guys here when they built Matiyah Wakoyin? Right? This one, okay, fine. Right? So So you're building something new. It doesn't exist. You're building it. That's one thing. So when I'm building a new project, I need I need a Kodesh Baruch Hu to be with me. That's in Hashem lo Shem But then there's something else after that. And that is, I already have a city, and now I need to guard it. I need to watch it. That's next. Is that how it goes? Sorry, it didn't sound right. Coming out of my mouth. If God is not watching the city, then the watchman is wasting his time. You see, there's there's two different things. There's achieving a certain bracha, whatever it is, and then there's sustaining it afterwards. And that's not the same thing. Anybody here ever involved in a building project? Could be physical, could be communal, could be social, anything. You ever try to, to start something and build something? You have that original, initial, um, you know, um, start where where you've got to gather people together, you've got to get the project off the ground, you have to bring it to fruition, but, but then there's a transition point, right? It, it's built, it's here now. now. Now I've got it, I've reached this point, and now I need to figure out how to sustain it, if not grow it, but, but at least, right, to, to sustain it, to keep it. And that's not the same thing. It's not the same thing. Yeah, what do you mean by it? 
You mean we built it and we lost it? Well, yeah, that's true also. That's true also. We needed to get somewhere. I don't know where we needed to get. We're still getting there. So uh, it's hard to say. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Could be. Could be. But yes, that's the right idea. It's the right idea. In fact, I'll tell you this. Look, if you look at if you look at this Gemara over here, it's Gemara and Brother of Dalit. The Gemara is talking about whether or not we require Smichas Ula by Marit, which means do you have to go directly from the bracha of Gal Yisrael into the Shmon Esrei? We do it by Shafras, right? Do we need to do it by Marit? And the Gemara presents an opinion that we do need to do it by Marit. And the Gemara says, wait a second. How could you say that we need to do that by Mariv? We don't do that by Mariv. We'll just go look at the Mariv tefillah, and after the bracha of Gal Yisrael, there is another bracha. There's another bracha afterwards. So what are you talking about? And the Gemara answers is over here. You have it over there. I'm not going to read it right now. The Gemara answers, no, no, no. You know the bracha of Hashkimenu? The Gemara, this is the language of the Gemara. Ki ge'ula It's like a, an extended ge'ula. Okay, fine. It's an extended gula. But what's the bracha of Hashkiveno? What is the bracha? The bracha is ufros aleinu sukkah shalomecha. That's the bracha. That God extends over us his sukkah of peace. You know what that means? You know what the gula arichta is? You know what an extension of gula is? It's one thing to achieve gula, but then once you got gula, you need to protect it. You need to keep it. You need to watch it. You need to guard it. Right? It's two different things. There's achieving it, and then there's protecting it and keeping it. The same is true with a lot of things. You know, somebody makes a lot of money, right? You make a lot of money, and then you don't want to lose it. I mean, okay, you want to grow it also. Okay, I understand that, right? You know, but but there's there's a first stage, and then there's a second stage, and that's what the Malam over here writes. David Amelach says, or Shlomo Amelach says, whoever the author is, right? That there's two different things, right? First is in Madunaylo Yivnebayis Shalom Lubonadbo. If God is not with us when we're building, then our building is is for naught. But once we've already built, we've been successful. Okay, that's amazing. Which means that God was with us. We, we've built it up. But now, now we've got to stay with God so that God will stay with us so that we can protect it, so that we can safeguard it, so that hopefully we can grow it. But uh, but at least we can uh, we can we can guard it. We can we can watch it. So that's why you have these two different examples that seem to be the the exact same thing because they're they're not the same thing. Now now now. Now that we know that God needs to be with us to build and that God needs to be with us to sustain, right? So it's, it's, it's vain for you to get up early, to come home late. Everybody's eating lechem ha'atzavim. That's on the one side. As opposed to, God will give to his beloved, to his yedid, he will give them uh, sleep. So look at the Malbim. Malbim writes, on the bottom. People get up for work. You know those people? They get up for work early. They come home. They come home late. You know, you know those people? They they never see their kids. You know, like uh, they see their kids on Shabbos. It's so sad. You know, your heart breaks. You know, I mean, people have to do it. I'm not talking trash about people. I'm saying people have to do it, and I understand that people have to do it. But it's sad. I mean, it's sad and me, right? You know, you know. Uh, I thank God. I, you know, I work long hours. I, I did in in a, in a whole bunch of jobs. But I think that I always had that flexibility in my in my work that I was always able to you know to to see my kids throughout the day. But there's people like that. People in Mamish, they get up early in the morning. You're not going to believe me when I say this, but this is a real reality for a lot of people. They get up early in the morning. They don't see their family because they're out the door before everybody else gets up, and they come home late at night when everybody else is asleep, and they don't see their kids. It's a Shabbos. They just don't. They just don't see their family until until Shabbos. And so David Amalek writes, Shabbosan, Mashkime Kume Acharei Shabbos. So you will get up early. They 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 go to sleep late. I'm back in the mob. You know what the saddest part about all of it is? We still don't have enough. This is the reality for a lot of people, by the way. This is the reality for a lot of people. They get up early, go to sleep late, and they still struggle. It's very difficult. It's very, very difficult. Somebody puts in all of this effort, all of this energy, and what did they have? Sad bread. However, but his yedid, his beloved, he gives them sleep. He gives them sleep. 
להם ייתן השינה, כן כמו שנתן לכם העמה והמלאכה. ויש some guys who are working really hard, you got some guys who get some sleep, שהם ישנו באיתם האלה שאמרתם אתם. There's some guys who are, who are, out, uh, who are out working, and other guys who are because uh, יש להם טרף כל כמה, they all have the same amount of bread. How does that work out? So I don't really answer that, by the way. Mom doesn't really answer that. And God's very complex ca- calculations, right? But what, what Malbim is trying to explain that David HaMelech is saying is, just like we said before, אם השם לא יבנה בייס, שמה בלבונה בון. אם השם לא ישמור עיר, שב שקד שומר, right? And now we, we extrapolate from that to the next example. The next example is work and earning a living. שב לכם משקים מקום מאחרי שבס, אוכלי לכם העצבים, כן ייתן לי דידוק שינה. If God is with us, We will be successful. We'll be successful. And if God is not with us, then we can get up early. We can go to sleep late. Doesn't matter how much amal and how much work we're going to put in. If God is not going to back our efforts, then we'll have the same sad bread. That's the next example, right? According to the, according to the Malibu. Rabbi Hirsch writes some very beautiful interpretation. I read this, Rabbi Hirsch. It gave me a lot of strength because, um, because I was sad when I read that process before. I don't know. That Malibu made me sad. Know that my mom, I hope that Malbim made you sad because it's a sad Malbim. You know what I mean? A, you know, I, don't know, I know a lot of people like that, you know, um, struggling, you know, and, and not because they're not trying, just they're struggling. I'm not saying that God is not with those people. I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, bad enough, you know, uh, those people. No, I have no idea who God is with and who God is not with. But what David Amalek is writing is that, that Baruch Baruch Hu hopefully, right, will take care of, of us when we come to him. I wish it was always exactly like that, but, but it's not. But but in general, right? The Gadol. That's how we that's how we see the world. But look at Rabbi Hirsch, because it because it gave me it gave me strength when I read this Rabbi Hirsch. That's why I gave such a long passage here. Sorry. Right? Um, men can do no more than their share. All they can do is pave the way to the goal. But though they throw all their energies into their endeavor, they cannot with certainty ensure their own success. That's fair? Yes? An ordinary person, once he becomes aware of this inadequacy, sorry, that's my typo, will worry without cease. He will be driven to overtax his energies. He will lose rest and sleep. He'll be unable to enjoy the bread that he eats. You see Rabbi Hirsch just did, by the way? He said that all of your bread is sad bread. Why is all of your bread sad bread? Because you get up early and you go to sleep late. And you don't get to see your family, so even though you're doing very well. Your bread is sad. Does everybody see what, what just happened? And why is your bread sad even though you're doing well? Because you're worried in the back of your head. How do I sustain this? How do I keep this going? I, I, I know that my ultimate success is out of my hands. I know I'm trying and I'm working hard. And whether it's going to work out or not, I have no idea. It's out of my hands. And so what am I supposed to do? Does everybody see how this drives you to like anxiety? Is everybody? Yeah. No, look, Rabbi Hirsch writes. But it is through the same knowledge of the inadequacy of all human effort that he was aware of the Lord's tender love, of his friendship, you did, will acquire that serenity, which will enable him to sleep in peace. Because he knows that even if he were to wear out all of his energies, he would still be unable to achieve anything in the end without the aid of the Lord. He knows that the Lord is the friend of all those who are engaged in honest labor. All he asks is that man honestly do his part in order to crown with success the labor he has done to the best of his insight. Knowing this, the man does his honest share of work. And as for those things which are beyond the range of human strength, he calmly commits them to his friend, quote unquote, the Lord. That which deprives others of sleep enables him to sleep peacefully. There where the worries of others begin, his, ca- his cares are at an end. Does everybody understand what Rabbi Hirsch is saying? Does everybody see? Rabbi Hirsch is saying like this. Rabbi Hirsch is saying, he's like, he's like listen, don't get all bent out of shape because of this. Yeah. Yeah. I get up early, I go to sleep late, I eat sad bread. So, so you know what I should do instead? Because I know that that's true. I do the best that I possibly can. And then I trust that a Kaddish Baruch is going to take care of the rest. And so it doesn't drive me crazy. You know why it doesn't drive me crazy? Because I know that Akash Baruch is going to take care and give me what I should have. So long as, you see, now, don't take this to the other extreme. Because you know, because Rabbi Hirsch would not. That's that's why he he has the, he's, a few times in there, he said honest share, honest labor. Did everybody hear what, what he said in there? Because right? you might think the opposite. Like, oh, well, listen, it doesn't matter anyway. You know, like, why do I have to get up early? Why do I have to get up late? Or just, you know, I'll come to shul, I'll dive in, and then I'll uh, go to sleep. I'll take a nap. Right? You know? And so, you know, it doesn't work like that either. It doesn't work like that either. No? Right? And here's how it works. You you come to shul, you dive in. 
you, you go put honest labor. You, you, you do the best that you possibly can. And, and then you calm down. And you say, okay, I did the best that I can. And now I've got a short. There you go. Give me the success that I'm supposed to have. That's how it's supposed to work. And that's how I can sleep at night. You know why I can sleep at night? Because I'm doing the best that I possibly can. And then I'll cut a short and take a rest. Sometimes it's going to work out great for me. Sometimes it's not going to work out so great for me. You know, but uh, but Akash Baruch is going to bring me where I'm supposed to be. He's going to give me what I'm supposed to have. And if I if I believe that, if I believe that Akash Baruch will bring us to where we're supposed to be and give us what we're supposed to have, and I put in my best effort, and then I can go to sleep at night. That's how that's how it is that God can detain Lidizav Shena. That's how he gives to his friends, to his beloved, he gives them sleep. Because when we're friends with God, we can go to sleep. Because we know that he'll bring us to where we're supposed to be. That doesn't mean that everything's always going to be amazing, by the way. I don't want to just – does everybody understand what I'm what I'm saying? I, I, I'm, there are people like this in the world who believe – I am not one of them. There are people who believe that there's like an Amuna price tag on everything in the world, right? Is everybody – have you ever heard anything like that? If you've never heard anything like that, then you're okay. I, I mean, I mean, whatever. There's people who believe that. It's fine. You know, um, you know and, and like if you believe with God enough, then you'll get anything, right? And so how come God didn't let Moshe go into the land of Israel? Because he didn't daven him. And if he would have daven more, then God would have let him in. Yeah. He was well, I know. And God told him not to. You know why? Because then he would have gotten in. God said, easy there, fella. He's getting awfully close. <laughs> right? Okay, fine. I'm not telling you I believe that. Um, uh, but, but you can believe that. It's okay. It's fine. And if you want, I'll give you the literature if you want to read it. And if you want the literature that says otherwise, I can give you that too. Right, you know, it, it's okay, fine. Right, but but what Rabbi Hirsch is writing here, Rabbi Hirsch is writing is that I do the best I can, and then I trust that God will bring me to where I'm supposed to be. Doesn't mean everything's gonna be amazing. I don't believe that, but 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 you could believe that, right? But God will bring me to where I'm supposed to be, and 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 if you if if you're okay with that, meaning knowing that I'm gonna get to where I'm supposed to be, you know, and I don't know where that is, you know, but then you can go to sleep at night, right? And that's that's what Rabbi Hirsch is writing. That's that's what Rabbi Hirsch understands. What's going on over here, right? Because otherwise, this, this can drive you crazy, right? It means that that I, I can't really guard my city. How come I can't really guard my city? Because I don't know if a Kurdish work I'm going to back my efforts or not. So I'm pouring all of this effort into guarding my city, and I don't know if it's even going to work out. So we're just saying, okay, fine. That's when you have to trust in God. You have to say, listen, I'm with God. I'm going to do the best that I possibly can. And now, Kurdish work, pick us up, protect us, make our efforts successful. Do the best that I can, and now I hand it off to Kashmaru. I don't really earn a living. People in a, I do the best that I possibly can, and I hand it off to Kashmaru. Kashmaru will take over, and that's 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 our version of stance. I don't know this. This piece gave me uh, it gave me strength when I uh, when I when I when I read it the first time. Okay. Um. Oh. Okay. Well, I'll I'll tell you what 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 the Mitsudos here adds is interesting. At the very end, the Mitsudos writes that. When when David Amalekh says that God gives to his beloved sleep, the Mitsudo says that that's people who learn Torah. If you look at the very, very end of the Mitsudos, just, just look at the, the very, very end. No amal batorah. Everybody see the very last words of the Mitsudos. That God will give um, you know, um, sustenance. God will give um, what they need to those who learn Torah. So that the Yedido Right, the the ones who God gives sleep to are those who are God's beloved. How do you become God's beloved? Specifically by the study of Torah. And if you look at the Mitzudos, I didn't read the whole thing. I'm sorry, but if you look at the Mitzudos, you, you, you'll see that he writes that they keep their eyes open and awake. It's almost like the opposite. They, they're not sleeping. Why are they not sleeping? Because they're spending all of their time studying and learning and learning Torah. There was a fellow here in town. This was a um, I don't know a few months ago. There was a fellow here in town. He asked me if I would say more shiurim. This is a true story. I'm telling a true story. I won't tell you who it is. But the fellow here down asked me if I would say more shiurim. And I told him that I'm trying to figure out my schedule because you know, I was at the time still, so, you know, whatever. And I'm teaching in a few different places and uh, and and I'm trying to work also, right? You know, um, and, uh, and and I said, we would try to we would try to work it out. And this is what he said to me. This is what he said to me. Taught me. Well, sometimes people are people like good, right? And this is what he said to me. He said, listen, Rabbi, you can work at work or you can work on these shiurim. I believe, this is what he said, I believe you'll end up in the same place. You can work here or you can work there, but, you know, you'll you'll end up in the same place. 
I don't know. It makes a lot of sense what he said, by the way. It makes a lot of sense from a certain perspective. It makes a lot of sense. We'll figure it out. Okay, here I am saying sure I'm Okay, whatever. You know, not how I thought we were gonna get here. But um, but uh, but but here we are, and we'll see how it all works out in the end. So now theory is being tested. <laughs> so we'll see, we'll see, uh, we'll see how it all works out. He hasn't come by the <laughs> Not once. Not once. That's what I used to call the Mincha rule. When I used to I used to speak every night in between Mincha and Marev. And if somebody would ask a question in between Mincha and Marev one night, and I would say to them, that's a great question, but let's talk about it tomorrow. Because in between Mincha and Marev, you got a certain window. You know what I mean? Is a limited amount of time. I said, all right, we'll talk about it tomorrow. The Mincha rule is that that guy does not come back tomorrow. That's the Mincha rule. It's Vada Gumanusa. This rule has been tested. And proven, you know, this is, it's not like a theory, it's a, it's a law. The, the law of Mincha Marev is that that guy doesn't come back, you know, the next night. And here's a prime example, very, very excellent. But there is a very beautiful Midrash, because the Mitsudos told us that who are these beloved of God? So Rabbi Hirsch said, who are the beloved of God? It's the people who trust God, they work as hard as they can, and then they say, okay, God, I did my best, and now you... You take over. That's the that's the beloved of God, according to Rabbi Eretz, according to the Malbin. According to the Mitsudos, the beloved of God are the people who study and learn. You could work here or you can work there. That's what the guy told me. You, know, you can work here, and, that, and that's what this Mitsudos says. You can work here or you can work there, and Kodesh Barakulim can get you to the same to the same place. But look at this Medrash to Hill, and maybe you like this, maybe you won't like this. I don't know, but it caught me. If you look at this Medrash, Who are these beloved of God? The Mitsudos said it's the people studying and learning Torah. Yes? Look at this Midrash. You know who this is? No, these are the wives of the people who are studying Torah. It's not the people studying Torah that are beloved to God. It's the wives of the people studying Torah that are beloved to God. Why is it the wives of the people who are studying Torah are beloved to God? Because they lose sleep in this world, and that brings them to the world to come. How do they lose sleep in this world? Wives of the Talmudic Hachami. We're doing bedtime while we're here. You know, all those times, you know, that uh, so I'm lucky, I gotta go to Mechamarev, you know what I mean? I gotta go to the Beit Midrash. And uh, now, all, all of those times, the Midrash says that all of those moments make them beloved to Akadosh Baruch Hu, and they walk them straight into the Olam Haba. That's the Yedid, that's the Yedid, the, the beloved of Akadosh Baruch Hu. It's not the Tamid Echam who are sitting and learning, it's the, the women who enable them. To come to the Beit Midrash world. Rabbi Kiva's wife, that's a great, a great example of this. She, she, she in the beginning actually pushes him out the door. It's even more so, right? She pushes him out the door and then comes back and she said, again, right, right you know, whatever. A very good example, right? There's a lot of examples of this. A lot of examples of this. Um, the Gemara in Sota, the Gemara says that it's possible that a lady will drink the Sota water. She would have been chayav. She would have been liable. But she might have some merit that will help her and she won't die right away when she drinks the sota water. And the Gemara asks, well, what kind of merit could she possibly have? And the Gemara says, well, maybe she has the merit of Torah. The Gemara says, really? You know, I guess, you know, uh, I don't know. I taught, I, I taught today in Linden Mount. So, uh, you know, I don't know that the rabbis of the Gemara had such a bait midrash. I don't know that they had such a thing, you know? And so they said, oh, women have the, you know, the, the merit of Torah like that? And the Gemara says, no, they do. They do have the merit of Torah like that. You know why they merit Torah like that? Because of this exact concept, because they send their husbands and their children out to the to the Beit Midrash, they take care of everything else at home, and it's not easy. Even forget about taking care of everything else at home. It's not easy to just send somebody out and to you know to to be alone, forgetting about taking care of everything else you know uh, at home. And that's tremendous merit of Torah that they have. They have that merit of Torah. Okay, so they can learn by themselves also and have merit of Torah. But that's the merit of Torah that the Gemara says that they have, and that merit of Torah can can stand can stand for them. I don't know. A lot of women these days, a lot of women these days who are home and they're alone and they're taking care of things all by themselves. And that's the Yadidim. That makes them beloved. There's a lot of soldiers out there and then they're very beloved to all of Knesset Yisrael. There's also a lot of women who are at home and uh, they're beloved to God. That's what the that's what the Midrash says. That's what the Midrash says. Those are these Yadidim that Akadosh Baruch Hu gives them Shana. God should give them Shana because I know that they need they need, they need that sleep and they need that rest. But a beautiful midrash. Good. Um, how am I doing on the clock? Probably terrible. All right, ten minutes. Okay, we're we're getting close. Um, Nachlas. What, what, what we, um, oh, we did pasuk bet. Really? Okay, pasuk gimel. Hine. You thought it was only five psukim and I was going to be good. That's what I thought, right? Hine. Nachlas Adonai Bonim Behold. 
the inheritance of God is children. Right, the reward for uh, for the the fruit of the of the womb. Right, what, what he's saying is okay. Okay, according to according to according to the Malbim, what he's saying is that uh, just like we said that God has to be with us when we're building cities, God has to be with us when we're watching cities, God has to be with us when we are earning a living, and God has to be with us when we're raising our children. behold, Having children is reward given to us by HaKadosh Baruch And if we are mighty warriors, then we can shoot them like our like our arrows. Like we said, oh, it's good that I did some of the interpretations in the beginning because it'll help us. Because it'll help us. Uh, it'll help us now, right? Because uh, so so just like God has to be with us when we're building cities, when we're guarding cities, when we're watching cities. God has to be with us when we're when we're raising our when we're raising our children, right? Um, that's how the that's how the Malbim understands um this uh these two these two lines and also how the Radak understands these two uh these two lines. I won't read them inside because we already we said the major ideas and we'll get to finish the paragraph tale and I need to get to this Radak at the end, right? And so and so therefore, Ashrei Agever Shemileas Ashvasomehem. I'm uh, I'm okay, right? Ashrei Agever Shemileas Ashvasomehem. So praiseworthy is he who is filled with arrows like these children who are moving in his path, who will carry out his, his mission, who will understand that we have to stay with HaKadosh Baruch Hu and he'll bring us to that ultimate goal. We'll be able to speak to our enemies in the gates. What does, what does that mean? Look at Rashi. We won't be embarrassed. And then the same Rashi saying, Rashi saying, no, you know why I won't be embarrassed of my kids? Because if I teach my kids this, my kids are living with God, they'll walk into the Beit Midrash and they'll study and they'll learn and we'll have tremendous nachas from our kids who are living with HaKadosh Baruch Hu and following his commands. And who are these oivim? oivim bashar? It means we'll see them in the Beit Midrash. See them in the Beit Midrash. You ever see two guys in the Beit Midrash yelling at each other? It's a really interesting thing if you don't know what they're doing. Yeah. Right, two guys in the big midrash, and I go and add it. Yeah, and so we won't be embarrassed. Why? So tremendous nachas. Looking at our kids as they continue to propel our mission forward. You know, talking to their chavrusas in the Beit midrash. It's a very beautiful summation of the tefillah. Right. So let's summarize according to Rashi, and we'll come back and do the same thing for everybody else. Summarize according to Rashi. David Amelech says this tefillah about Shlomo. Right, and he's crying. That's what Rashi thinks, right? He's crying. He's saying, Shomo's going to build this Beit HaMikdash. He's going to take two steps forward. He's going to take one step back, right? And so I hope that he realizes that a Kodesh Baruch Hu needs to be with us when we build cities. Kodesh Baruch Hu needs to be with us when we build a Beit HaMikdash. Kodesh Baruch Hu needs to be with us when we, when we raise our, our children. And I pray, I pray that my children will continue to carry my mission forward. And I should only merit, I should only merit to have that kind of nachas, to see my kids sitting in the Beit Midrash, studying and learning and speaking words of Torah, and living kacha with HaKadosh Torah. Yeah? Yeah, it's a beautiful tefillah. Right? Good. Very good, but that's not the only way of understanding. Look at the Malvim. Uh, you know, if we have time, we'll come... No, no, just go to the end. What he adds is in the end. It's after the last ellipses, in the third line of the Malvim. It's a very similar tefillah. What the Malvim says, the David is davening, that we should be able to raise our kids like this, so that they will be able to conquer their Yetzer. Not that they'll sit and study in the Bible Midrash. Who is the Oyev, right? Who is the, the, the enemy? The enemy is the Yetzer Hara. And so we will be, not be embarrassed of our kids. We'll have tremendous nachas because we'll see them advancing and making progress and growing and, and not falling to, the, to, their, to their Yetzer. It's a similar to Elias Rashi. It's just a little, a little different twist. You know, uh, at the, at the, it's a little different twist. At the at the end, um, Ibn Ezra says what I already told you that Ibn Ezra says. Ibn Ezra says that David Amalek is saying that I won't be embarrassed. Like I won't be embarrassed. I didn't get to build the Beit Hamikdash because Shlomo Amalek will build it for me. Yeah, that's what Ibn Ezra says. Good. Now we have to learn this Radak at the end because the Radak, after all of that, after all of that, the Radak has an, a different interpretation of the entire parak of the hill. So now we have to learn the whole thing all over again, right? But we don't have to read all the psukim again. We'll just read the Radak and we'll see the Radak says a very beautiful tefillah. Is everybody ready? Yeah, a new a new interpretation of the entire parak of the hill. The Radak writes like this. V'al Melech HaMashiach Yisparashkach. David HaMelech says this tefillah about the Mashiach. This is a tefillah for Mashiach, this parak of Tehillim. The tefillah for Mashiach. And this is how the tefillah goes. Somebody has to show us that Shalom is going to love this. Yeah? This, is, this is how the tefillah goes. You ready? Ready? Im Hashem lo yivne bayis. 
Omar al-Bayt HaMikdash. The ear, Omar al-Yerushalayim. If God is not going to be with us when we build a house, when we build a Beit HaMikdash, that's what it's talking about. Then it's in vain. If God is not going to be with us when we build Yerushalayim, what's the city? It's Yerushalayim. It's all in vain. Now listen to the Radak. From the day the Beit HaMikdash was destroyed, and Yerushalayim was destroyed. Yerushalayim was built, it was destroyed, it was built, it was destroyed. It was in the Romans, and it was taken over by, well, I guess from the Romans you go to the Byzantines, right? Because Constantine converted, right? And then uh, they were conquered by uh, by the Muslims, and then they were conquered by the Crusaders, and I don't know, back and forth, right? And then uh, who, else, who else did I skip? I don't know, uh, Mamluks uh, somewhere in there, and then there's somebody who I managed to skip. Right? Okay, man, whatever, you know, and then the Ottomans, you know, uh, eventually, and uh, and then the British, right, and now, uh, and, and now here we are. And throughout the years, there's always going to be war over Eretz Yisrael. These people will conquer it, they'll try to build it, it won't work, it'll be destroyed. And why is that true? Because God doesn't want any of them. From the days that the Beit Mikdash was destroyed and Eretz Yisrael was destroyed, others will come and they will try to settle the land, they'll try to rebuild and will all be unsuccessful. It's 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 in vain that those of you who came to conquer first early in vain. Ela Edom. It's talking about the Romans. Shekavshut kila Yerushalayim. They took Yerushalayim first. Me'achar Sheves, Who are the guys who come home late? Ela Hayishmeelim. These are the 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 Arabs, the Muslims. Shebau ba'achrona ve'isgaru imanotzim ve'lakhu asamiyadam. They uh they fought with the Christians and they took the land from them. And back and forth, and these and those. And this is going to continue until, until the Mashiach comes. Everybody else who tries to take this land, who tries to conquer the Israel, you know what they're going to eat? Stead bread. All of them. They'll come, they'll try to build stead bread, and they'll be conquered. They're going to work, they're going to try, unsuccessful. They eat sad bread. But David HaMelech says, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will give to his beloved sleep. I only wish below right? That we should merit to see. That we have that we have not merited to see. That we'll have Yerushalayim below Amal without, without work. And everybody else who toiled on it beforehand, tried to conquer it, tried to take it, they won't stay on it. They won't dwell there. Savin HaMelech, according to the Radak, is a, 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 a Tehillim that's for generations of Knesset Yisrael. And telling the Jewish people, listen, you may be in the Golas, but just know, the guys who come to conquer early, the guys who come to conquer late, dead bread. Kodesh Baruch Hu is waiting, giving us sleep so that we should have strength to be able to come and take back Eretz Yisrael. The inheritance of God down the road to our children or our grandchildren, whoever it will be, we continue to shoot our arrows, passing it down to the next and to the next until we reach the generation when HaKadosh Baruch Hu is saying, this is the generation. This is the time that will come back and that will take the Eretz Yisrael back. We should have some, enough arrows to pass down to the next generation and to the next. And we will not be embarrassed. We will not. To be able to stand up to our enemies and to say, this is our land that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave to us. And all of those who are unsuccessful in building it before, we will be successful in building Eretz Yisrael back and Nitain and taking the next step, taking Yerushalayim in its entirety and rebuilding the Beit HaMikdash. And so, according to the Rishonim and the Achronim, 
And uh, let's say the Tehillim, you can pick the interpretation that you like and say the Tehillim that, uh, you know, that speaks to you, but let's say the Tehillim together. Shira malos lishlomo, imadunoi lo yivne bayis shav, ambubonabo, imadunoi lo yishmorir, shav shakad shomer, shav lachem ashtim ekom meachare sheves, okhlei lechem ha'atzavim, ken yitain li dido shena, hinein achlas adonai bonim, sachar priyabotet, kichitzim biyagibor, ken b'nei anehurim, Thank you very much, everybody. Everybody have a great night.